ім'я Отця і Сина і Святого Духа. Амінь. Христос хрещається. Christ is baptized. Якщо б я спитався вас про сьогоднішнє Євангеліє, де говориться земля заволона і земля нафталі, приморська дорога за Йорданом, Галилея поган. То що ви прийшло на думку? Якби я вас питав, що то є земля Заволонова і земля Нафталі. Я тільки боюся, що хтось підніс би руку і сказав би, о Нафталі, земля Нафталі, то там добувають Нафталіну, правда? А ні, це не є правильна відповідь. Ви знаєте, що було 12 племен Ізраїлевих. І ті, які були найдальші на північ, це були землі Заволона і Нафталі. І там, де вони перехрещувалися, якраз там було місто Капернаум, яке стало таким центром операцій для Господа Ісуса Христа. Але ці землі також є недалеко моря. І це має особливе значення. Бо ті, які є близько моря, мають всякі різні світові впливи. А Ізраїлеві важне було бути такими, як Бог. Бог є святий, значить, відокремлений, інакший. То Ізраїль вважав, що треба бути відокремленим, інакшим. А в тих приморських частинах там було багато стосунків із різними іншими народами. I cannot help but see some connections between today's gospel and what is going on in the minds and hearts of many in the United States today. Now you might think, well, what is, are you, is he going to be talking about politics? No, I'm going to be talking about the gospel and uh, what we have to be careful of in our hearts. So, Jesus moves from Nazareth to Capernaum. That's going to be his headquarters, so to speak for a while, and um, the evangelist Matthew uh, quotes the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is the most quoted prophet in uh, the New Testament, and he's sometimes given the honorary title, the fifth 
evangelist because he seems to be speaking about uh, the incarnation of the Lord, uh, that virgin giving birth to a son whose name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us, which is why before Christmas and before Theophany, we do sing, God is with us, because we remember that prophecy, which had its own meaning in its own time, but then looking back, it had an, a meaning that was meant for the end times. Now, people, people immediately, when they hear the words, the end times, think that I'm talking about the end of the world. No, the end times have already begun. They began with the first coming of our Lord. The end times will end when he returns. You're in the middle of the end times. So that uh, particular prophecy uh, about uh, the son who's going to be called Emmanuel is among several prophecies about the birth of uh, a son. As a matter of fact, I think there are three or four in uh, Isaiah. And they each have uh, uh, their own meaning. But uh, Isaiah is also the one who prophesies that uh, the Messiah will be the suffering servant. And he goes into great detail about the sufferings which this servant is going to have to undergo. And uh, we'll, of course, think more about that when we get to the passion of Christ. And it's not going to be that far away. So um, let's look at this particular passage from uh, the prophet Isaiah. As a matter of fact, when did he get his prophetic calling? When he was in the temple and he saw a vision of the seraphim before the very throne of God. And what were they doing? They were crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy. And then he thought himself unworthy of experiencing this, the direct presence of God. And one of the seraphs grabbed a burning coal and touched his lips and said, Behold, this will take away your iniquities and cleanse you of your sins, which we hereafter receiving Holy Communion. And that is when Isaiah realizes that he is called to be a prophet. I wonder what each of us realizes at that moment. 
when we have received Holy Communion and we are reminded that our sins have been forgiven and we are now new. What uh, vocation do we realize uh, that we have? And uh, we repeat those words, holy, 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 in the Trisagion, right? Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Also, uh, in the song of victory before the words of institution where uh, we sing holy, 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 sviat, 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 hospoin, savaot, where is that taken from? It's taken from that experience of Isaiah. So, um, listen to what Isaiah is saying. He is saying that the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, um, which is uh, on the way to the sea, it's beyond the Jordan, it's uh, north of Samaria, this is Judea, Samaria, and the furthest north is Galilee. Uh, and what has happened in Samaria and in Galilee? They had belonged to the northern kingdom. Remember, the empire of David, the king, had uh, continued with his son Solomon, but after Solomon's death, the whole thing split apart into two sections. The northern kingdom, which was then called Israel, and the southern kingdom, which was really only two tribes, Benjamin and Judah, and this area was called Judea. Uh, so there was Israel in the north and Judea in the south. Now, the north was threatened by Assyria. Uh, and the Assyrians, in fact, did decimate the northern kingdom. Uh, it would never be put back together again. Uh, many of the people were taken into exile and as conquerors often do after they decimate the population, um, the native population, they bring in their own people. We've seen that happen in Ukraine, for example, after the Great Famine. Many Russians were implanted in Ukraine, left bank Ukraine, uh, the, the furthest points east, where the famine was very, very great. Entire villages were depopulated. Well, the same thing happened to the northern kingdom of Israel. There were many foreigners, many Gentiles, many who did not believe in the Lord 
God who had his temple, the one God of the universe who had his temple in Jerusalem. And that's why Galilee was often called Galilee of the Gentiles. By whom? By the Southerners. And who was the worst? All those by the coast. Because not only were there a lot of Gentiles there, but they kept getting influenced by all kinds of people through sea contacts, the main way of uh, commerce. Now, in our own day, we notice that there is a difference between the way the two coasts of this country seem to think and vote and the way the interior of the country generally thinks and votes. And uh, we uh, who are not, you know, the coastal peoples, the peoples by the sea, may feel that certain measures that have been taken in the last uh, few weeks are aimed directly at us and we resent those coastal peoples and their ideas and we believe that they're trying to get rid of us. Well, not so long ago when uh, there was another party in the White House, the uh, Sea Peoples, the coastal uh, population, believed that that president was a fascist, that he was, uh, that there was a threat that he would use the military against them and try to destroy them. That never happened, but certainly this fear existed in their hearts. And now, lo and behold, the tables have turned and we have this fear in our hearts that they are against us, that they are going to destroy us. Well, you know, that's all very interesting that uh, the same kind of destructive thinking is projected by both parties, by both, I mean both sides, not political parties, but both sides of these issues. And I was uh, reading something from the great psychologist Carl Jung, and he talks about um, how Jesus uh, tells us, and we're going to hear this gospel in a couple of weeks, uh, to uh, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, uh, visit the uh, imprisoned and the sick. Um, in other words, the other, those who are 
marginalized, those who are not in power. And he, he says there's this perpetual thing, you know, when I'm in power, I don't think of the others. When, when they're in power, they disregard uh, me. But then he says, Jung says, what if I should discover that the poorest of the beggars and the most impudent of offenders, so there he's making a reference to the, the hungry and the naked as well as those in prison, that they are all within me and that I stand in need of the alms of my own kindness, that I myself am the enemy who must be loved because Jesus says, love your enemies. What if I am all those things and I need to get a handle on that? We have seen the enemies. and We have seen the enemy and it is us. We have many destructive thoughts. We uh, worry unnecessarily. We forget that um, above all congressmen, senators, presidents, there is the king of the universe. He is still in charge. They didn't outwit him. We need to remember that and stop all of our paranoid thoughts. We also need not to think of just others being needy, but to understand that we are needy. Tak nam treba služiti bližnjem. Mi to začasto zabuvajmo, še cej esencijalna resa hristijanskega života. Ali časom nam treba prihadati, što mi je ti ubohi, які потребують помочі. І, як Господь каже, любіть своїх ворогів, треба нам здати собі справу, що ми є самі собі найгіршими ворогами. I don't think anybody gets um, verbally abused by anyone as much as we do by ourselves. The thoughts in our heads saying, you lousy good for nothing. You should have planned better. better. You should have made better choices. Uh, you're unworthy. You're unclean. How could God love you? We're saying that to ourselves. We are our own enemies. And we predict a dire future for both our own selves and, and others, and we worry about that, we get paranoid. I'm not saying that we should not be prepared. I'm saying that we should not be paranoid and use up our emotional, mental energies on worrying. Jesus tells us, will worrying add uh, a cubit, that is, a, a yard of 
life to you? Will, will, will that help you at all? Uh, no. So here is the key to understanding that Jesus begins to preach, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. So the, you think, well, so it's like it's getting near, it's, it's coming. No, we forget that it is near. Near does not mean that it's always, it's really far, but it's a little closer than it was. The kingdom of God is up there somewhere. It's out in the infinite future. But we forget that the kingdom of God is near to us. And that is why we become so needy. That is why we become so worried. That is why we become so paranoid. Me zabuvajemo, što carstvo Bože vže nablizilo se. I pokajimo se. Me kažemo v molitvi pred velikim hodom, Vsako nenje žitejsko vidložim pečaj. Skik raziv nam vdajece to zrobiti. Vidložite vsi naši turboti, vsi našu žurbu, vsi pečali žitejski. Mi toho ne robimo. Mi zabuvajemo, što carstvo Bože nablazilo se. The, so the first and primary repentance that we have to do is to remind ourselves that all the fears we have are useless because the kingdom of God is already near. As a matter of fact, in another place, the Lord will say, the kingdom of God is in your midst or within you. Oh, my goodness. It can't get closer than that. And yet it's fulfillment we have to pray for. That's why in the Our Father we say, Thy kingdom come. Nechai pride So it's already here. And as a matter of fact, this part of the church refers to that. We call this the temple of the faithful, and it symbolizes the kingdom of God that is begun already on earth. But there is another part of the church, around the altar, the, the sanctuary, the holy of holies. And you notice that the clergy face the same way as you do. Why? Because we see ourselves as leading you into the fullness of the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God begun. That is the kingdom of God fulfilled. That's why we don't celebrate the liturgy facing the people like they do in the Roman rite. Because then it would look like I'm the fulfillment of the kingdom. And I assure you. 
nothing could be further from the truth. So, that's where we're headed. But, in a sense, we're already there. And that is the, the constant mystery of the already, but not yet. That is at the core of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, knowing that the kingdom of God is near, repenting of all of the stuff that uses up our mental energy, knowing that, we suddenly can open our minds to what we are to do. As St. Paul says, that each of us has received grace. Uh, we've received according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he says, he gave some the gift of being apostles, others as prophets, others as evangelists, others as pastors and teachers to equip the holy ones for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith. We talk about the unity of the faith in the liturgy. Uh, listen for it the next time. And... Uh, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the extent of the full stature of Christ, we are to grow into the kind of human beings that Jesus Christ is. It's interesting that the gospel today occurs right after Jesus is baptized, the Spirit sends him into the desert. He is tempted there. He overcomes Satan. And then he begins his earthly ministry by saying, Repent. Turn back and understand again that the kingdom of God is already near. And then we'll, able, we'll be able, instead of being paralyzed by fear and paranoia, we'll be able to do something to build up the body of Christ and together to achieve the full stature of His perfect humanity. That's what we're here for. Amen. Amen. Христос хрещається. Christ is baptized.